Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Hi, I'm Dan Small, host of Outdoor Wisconsin, and I listen to Where to Hunt. Man, it's okay. I'm Kurt Geyer with Working Class Bow Hunter. I listen to Where to Hunt podcast, and it's decent. It's decent. Uh, it's all right. Hey, this is Bud Fisher with Catching Deers, and I think the Where to Hunt podcast is all right. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts. Today is Tuesday, June 1st. It feels like summer's here. I know it's not until like actually June 20th, but there's no more 30 degree uh, days in the forecast. So that's pretty great. Uh, cheers. Greg Tubbs is out fishing tonight. So I, you know, he should be fishing. That's way more fun than this. I'm very jealous, actually, that son of a bitch. Uh, and when he listens to this, he'll know that I called him a son of a bitch because <laughs> he is. Anyway, hey, you're uh, catching us from the OKS Hunter podcast studio. Head on over to OKSHunter.com and you can use code WTH podcast for 10% off. Shout out to Drop Time Spirits for uh, keeping us from going dry in the studio here. Always thirsty on a Tuesday night for some scotch or bourbon, and their bourbon is great. The 12-point buck, I highly recommend it. It's strong and smooth. Uh, also, head on over to backwoodsgrind.com. You can use code W2HPODCAST for 10% off. And last week, Greg gave me shit for drinking their Sunrise Blend, but I thought it was pretty damn good, so um, I've been grinding that up fresh every morning, and I'm very pleased with it. I've been... Man, up until just now, I've been really only drinking their uh, their camp house blend, which is also great. But I, the lighter roast is something that I actually like quite a bit. And then also, uh, if you want to call in tonight, the lines are open and we'll be taking live calls from any listeners that want to jump in. We're going to be talking saddle hunting. And all that live call, live video stuff is brought to you by Spartan Forge. You can head on over to SpartanForge.ai and uh, you can use code W2H for 20% off if you want to... Get better at knowing when deer are going to be moving, how they're going to be moving and negotiating terrain. That's the app you're going to want to check out. There's a lot more features coming down the pike, and I've been saying that for a little bit, but that is a fact. So, um, you know, just super smart people building a really great product, uh, unique, one of the kind, one of the kind, one of a kind, not one of the kind. It's none of the kind that are out there. <laughs> totally unique in its own ballpark. So, um you know, but I do have one caller on the line already, so we're just going to dive into it. Since I don't have Greg here to bullshit with me, let's go ahead and bring on our first caller. We got Anthony Heller here joining us today. What's up, dude? What's up, Eric? How's it going, man? Well, it's good. Uh, I'm happy that you agreed to jump in here with me because we had a guest that uh, had some other plans. So I wanted to talk saddle hunting, man, because I'm about to make a buying decision. And I'm wondering, well, are nice. people a buying decision? What do we got? <laughs> Um, yeah, hopefully that other person isn't, isn't fishing on you too. Cause that would just flat out suck if you're getting ditched for the fish, man. 
Oh no, they're not. It's not a podcaster, and they double booked, which I've done before. So I'm very Ah. empathetic towards that because I've done that like three or four times. I've pissed some people off doing that on accident, so (laughs) inadvertently. But yeah, that's one of those things where you're like, man, does the squeaky wheel get the grease on this one, or do I just say whatever? It is what it is. I'm sorry. He's like Eric (laughs) Waters, and he's a podcaster, and he's damn right. I understand. It's all good. (laughs) Nice. Um, Well, yeah, I guess saddles. there's a, I don't know, maybe four or five brands on the market. Like if you're really looking at getting a, a saddle, the first thing that I would personally look at, like a lot of people want to look at the price right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the other thing people always want to do is, is try them out. Like that's the other, that's the other big thing is it, So as far as price goes, yeah, there's some in like that 150 to 160 range. And, and ultimately price is going to determine, you know, your buying decision, but it's kind of like, like anything, the generally the more you pay for something, the higher quality you're going to get, right? Okay. I mean, it's the same all the way around. So I think they range from like I don't know 160 to to 250 or something in that range, and that is just the other thing is that's just for the saddle. So if you're going to buy ropes or any additions to it, you know, some people buy like a back strap or um a lineman's belt and then also uh a tie-off belt i forget what it's called right now a tether um here you go yeah a tether uh so that that all costs extra so i mean the typical like from the typical purchase price runs in like the two like in total from 250 to 350 so it's somewhere in that range um and at first it seems complicated in terms of like wow there's so many ropes to like attach and is it the bridge is it the tether or is it the lineman's like those are your three and really so there's only three flat off and uh the tether hooks you to the tree and holds you to the tree while you're hanging while you're hunting the lineman's is what you use to like move up and down the tree as you're climbing it um for safety if you want to wrap it around the other side and then you just always kind of connect to the tree and the bridge is the rope that goes from your left hip to your right hip and that's what you would connect your tether to. So those are like the three ropes. Um, and and I really only have, I mean, I have two. I run a, a tether and a lineman's. Um, that's just what I do. Um, I'm so, Yeah, I run a tether in the bridge. Bridge usually comes part of the saddle. Um, but you got, maybe you buy like a kit or something, right? So I would want to buy like, yeah. give me all the stuff. I don't want to think too hard about this. And I'll modify from there once I get comfortable. Exactly. So that's like your $350 250 to 350 range like just buy the kit and you're good and i think trophy line and tethered and arrow hunter um and um latitude i think all three of them supply a full kit or all four of them they all they all supply a full kit so you can go to one stop shop and buy it all um after having a saddle for the last four or five years um the ropes are actually like a good fleet farm purchase like way cheaper (laughs) um and and the other thing is a lot of the ropes come pretty thick um and and if you want to like packability that's one of the main reasons you buy a saddle um you can get a lot thinner ropes that are a lot more packable from fleet farm that hold you know thousands of pounds anyway as well so you should be fine running those too but yeah that's 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 the price topic and then the other um the other thing is comfort and trying them on. My <laughs> my best piece of advice, honestly, is is buy them all and put them on a credit card and buy them at the beginning of the month and then try, try them all on 
you know, on a weekend, pick the one you like and then throw it and then throw the others back in the return label. Yeah, I imagine. Are there somewhere like they'll send them to you and it's like you can return it up to a certain point or something? Can you like throw it in a tree and see what happens or? Yeah, I think they all have like a, at least a seven day return policy, um, probably a 30 day. You know, I don't think they want you hunting out of it, you know, a lot. But if you're out in the backyard and you run it for, you know, whatever, 15 minutes and you're like, God, this thing's giving me a wedgie, I'm out. Then, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm sure you can just say, hey, I tried it on. Doesn't fit me well. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's got yeah. a little bit, I think comfortability and safety are my two top priorities, uh, maybe in that order too, but probably not. I should probably really safety first, but yeah, as far as comfort goes, the thing you need to look for in a saddle would be customization. That's, that'd be the number one thing. So like, you know, most people have two, two or three different sizes of a saddle, right? I think, I mean, arrow hunters, uh, Merlin has two sizes. I think the the tethered phantom has two sizes. It's just a, essentially a large and an XL or a medium and an XL. And there are certainly far more body types than two. Right. Yeah. yeah no doubt. Are, right. The one exactly. I tried to do, I felt like I wanted to keep, you know, uh pulling my pants. That's how it kind of felt. Yeah. You know, get out of my jock area or whatever you want to call that. So, you know, uh right. Yeah, exactly. Board. So that was and that was my big problem with the mantis mm -hmm. as well. Uh the tethered mantis was that one. Um, they improved a lot on it on the tethered phantom. Um, but I'm still running the arrow hunter Merlin. Uh, that's a new one that they came out with last year. I have not tried the trophy line and I have not tried the latitude. So I don't, I don't know them. Oh, there's also the cruiser cruisers, the other brand that a lot of people are trying out. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, I can't speak on them, but my biggest thing would be like, check the customizations and, and by that it's like, can you adjust the length of your bridge, which is that rope that goes from your left hip to your right hip? Because mm -hmm. if you think about it, that's what creates kind of a, a triangle. And then you you hook into that and, and that's what pulls you towards the tree. So if that thing, that was the problem that I had with the Mantis originally was it wasn't adjustable. So I was getting a lot of hip pinch, like those ropes are hooked onto your hips and they're constantly pulling your hips forward and inward. So if you can't adjust that to fit like your hip width and how big your ass is and how big your thighs are, like it, it can create uncomfortable situations. So, so that would be the, that would be the biggest one is, is the bridge adjustability is, is huge. Um, yeah. and then obviously you adjust the tether, which any, which any saddle can do. And then your leg straps, which also any saddle can do. The other big thing, um, is the length of the saddle. So like how long it is from like when it, like where it gets, uh, like the, your lower back, how far down does it go? Does it go just below your butt cheeks? Does it go halfway to your knees? Does it go, go all the way to your knees? Um, you need it to cup your ass, right? <laughs> like that is literally what it's built for. Yeah. So if you don't have a long enough saddle, it's not going to cup your ass. It's like, put it's it's like a girl with double d's trying to wear an a cup like it's not gonna work right it's just tight it's uncomfortable so that's the best way i could i could explain it you need it to fit your butt and yeah, the longer the, it is the hunting the world no one wants to see that shit so yeah <laughs> right exactly so that's the that's the best way i can explain it in terms of comfort um so when you're looking at them go ahead and and just see like hey can 
uh, can I adjust the bridge? That's usually the biggest sticking point for me. Can I adjust the bridge? And then what about the leg straps? What about the length? You know, and just take a look at all those specs. And the best thing I can say again is if you can try them out somewhere, that'd be awesome. Go ahead and do it. Um, but, uh, but otherwise like you're going to have to buy them and then return them. And the other big thing is like shipping times, man. Like those things are not coming tomorrow. You know, most yeah, that's kind of like, Oh, we should probably talk about this. Like right now, I'm sure we want to talk about it in season, which is great, but, uh, I don't supply chains are still dicked up, which is nobody's fault necessarily. So like those companies are doing the best they can in some cases, Mm -hmm. but also supply or I mean like demand is way up. So, it's going to take a hot minute for them to fulfill your order, potentially, depending on who you go with. I'm, I'm assuming like it's going to not be here tomorrow, like you said. So you're going right. to want to try this thing out with enough time to maybe get a different one if that's not going to be the one for you. If you, yeah, if you're interested in saddle hunting this fall, you need to buy in like the next week or two. Yep. Like flat out, yeah. like make a decision, buy, you can always return it. But if you don't get your order and now you're going to come, it's going to come August or the end of July and you're going to order, you ain't going to get it till October or November, if that. Sure. So, Damn. yeah, yeah. So certainly, certainly do that. Um, Everybody that's like pondering, like I am, get out your wallet or start talking to your wife now because it's you're gonna need to. <laughs> need yeah, it's pretty yeah. soon. I mean, it's the first of the month. Like, make make the two or three buys. You know, pick your top two and buy buy them right now, and then return one of them. You know, and the other nice thing is like those things hold their value. Shit, you could probably make money if you bought them now and then sold them in September. Like, hey, I got one. Throw it up on Facebook Marketplace yeah. for ten bucks to tomorrow, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, uh, people will probably buy it, man. That's a really good point. Rock on, yeah. dude. Well, we're right at six fifteen. The next caller mm-hmm. uh, just jumped in the studio here, so like, yeah, you, you promised your wife this will be the first time you'll be like, oh my god, I'm actually done on time. <laughs> Right. Podcasts never work out like that. You just keep going. That's true. All right, buddy. Thanks for the input. That's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You bet, Eric. Hey, have a great rest of the podcast and, uh, and let me know, like hit hit me up if you're actually like really thinking about it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll fill you in. And anybody else too, by the way, reach out to Anthony if you got questions. Yeah. Yeah. You can shameless plug, uh, at deer vein. So D E R V A N E. Boom. Sweet dude. Have a good night. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Eric. See you, bud. Bye. Taylor, what's going on, man? What's up, man? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Uh, darn, it looks like I got the camera a little bit off, so let's see if I can fix that for you and make you the center stage. If we do this, there you go. Uh, maybe I can move myself somewhere else. Nope, that's not working. Oh, boy. <laughs> How's it going, man? Thanks for uh, chiming in here with us. We're talking about saddle hunting. You've been hunting out of saddles since, like, 2008. 08, yeah, man. I'm one of the OG saddle hunters. It's been a long time. Um, absolute blast. I mean, I, so I hunt, uh, in the, the suburbs of Washington, DC and, um, you know, part of, of what I do, um, I have right now within a 15 minute drive from my house, like well over a thousand trees that I can go climb and hunt. Um, so I needed to figure out a way to climb a tree easier than, um, you know, just leaving a tree stand behind or bringing a climber in. A lot of the properties I'm hunting are like a quarter acre, half acre. They only have, uh, you know, maybe literally two trees that I can climb and hunt. So, um, you know, the saddle was the perfect solution for me for that, for having trees that are prepped, but I don't have to leave 
you know, sticks out there or whatever. Um, so absolute best solution. And I just fell in love with saddle hunting. So it's great. Do you know, uh, yeah. How many, how many different ones have you tried out before you landed on what you're on and what are you, what are you rocking these days? So I've tried all of them. Um, I bought a, uh, trophy line, the original trophy line back in like 2008 off eBay. I vividly remember only having like $200 in my checking account at the time. And the saddle was like 125 bucks, buy it now. And I was like, all right, this is fine. I'm going to buy this and I'm not going to go to the bar on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday night. And that will net out my 125 uh, bucks. So that was my my trade-off for buying the saddle and um, you know, really didn't look back. So I, I ran that one forever. That was like the OG, you know, it looked like a, a ATV cover. Uh, it was huge. And then I had, um, I had all the trophy line, or excuse me, the Arrow Hunter ones that came out. So uh, the Evolution and then hunted out of um, whatever one came after that. And then uh, we started messing with some prototypes for what later became tethered. So, uh, rock on. Yeah, we had like we had a handful of iterations of the Mantis before uh, the Mantis came out, and then uh, obviously the Phantom, Phantom prototypes, and um, the rest. So they're, I mean, it, just hunting from a saddle compared to hunting from a tree stand is a huge evolution in what you're doing. So. Uh, there's really no no competition for that. Uh, you can get down into the weeds on on saddle stuff, but really, you know, just taking the plunge into saddle hunting is is the way to go. What do you, what's your recommendation for anybody like myself who I've done it once? So who was just on with us with Anthony Heller with Deervane? He was using an arrow saddle when he was hunting, and he lent me one of his um, tethered models i forget which model it was it was the former model not the newer one at the time it was about two year, two seasons ago and i i enjoyed the experience a ton i think there were some things to be desired with that one because it, like he said it wasn't cupping my ass enough so i felt like i had to keep kind of like adjusting myself um but like nothing was actually adjusting so like that wasn't uh you know something that you know was like i said left to be desired but overall the hiking into our spot trekking out into the woods I hate feeling like a turtle, you know, with a shell on my back and I hit every freaking branch and I'm clanking around and I just feel heavy. I think there's some stands that have hit the market since then that are like really great that will minimize that feeling. Uh, but a saddle and just throwing a bag. And I think there's a lot of upside, obviously. Um, I mean, what, what types of things are you recommending? Like, should people get knee pads? Should like, what platform should you consider? Like, there's a lot of ways to customize this. What are the things that like you ought to be considering out of the gate as like a gotcha um, that you can maybe help. I mean, people so the there. beauty of saddle hunting is the fact that you can customize it exactly to how you want it to be, right? So you're able to to put all the pieces of the puzzle together for exactly what you're trying to do. Whereas if you were hunting out of a like a lone wolf lock on and and sticks, like that's your system, right? There's not a ton of of um, tinkering or changing that you can make to that. So. You know, my personal setup isn't going to be perfect for everybody out there. Um, you know, I like to run the the Tethered Phantom. The Tethered Phantom has some design elements to it that really allow for uh, much more comfort. Uh, we have what are called comfort channels on there, which allow you to kind of adjust where the actual bridge is sitting. 
uh, on the bridge loop. Uh, also, by the way it's designed, it, it completely eliminates hip pinch. So, um, you know, the Phantom to me is like the most amazing saddle. It's going to be impossible. I wouldn't say impossible, but it's very hard to top. Um, but when it comes to like knee pads, platform, that all comes into like really user customizable options, right? So uh, Tethered has both, both the Predator and Predator XL platforms. Um, I thought that there was no chance that that we wouldn't need or that we would need the XL platform. And then when I stepped on a prototype, I was like, I am never hunting without this, right? So nice. for me, that, that weight benefit, it was an extra, I think it's an extra pound over the uh, the original, but the the surface size of that was just amazing. Now, also, I'm 6'3", I'm 245 pounds when it's not the holiday season. Um, so, like, I have a size 12 and a half shoe. Like, I'm a big dude. So, you know, maybe there are people out there that care more about the weight, and, and it's not a value add for them to have uh, an additional, um, you know, a little bit of foot size on there. So it's really up to the end user how they want to dial it in. Um, you know, knee pads are kind of the same way. I used to never wear knee pads. Um, well, I take that back. When I had the trophy line before platforms, I wore knee pads religiously because I didn't want to be fidgeting around on the tree. And I kept finding these pressure points in my feet uh, from, you know, having those, that ring of steps on the tree. Um, now, John Eberhardt tells me I'm crazy for hunting from a platform, right? But that's just a different school of thought, different user experience. But well, So what does he do? Because I've talked to him before, and he's, you know, uh, the, you know the allegedly the godfather of saddle hunting. He is. is he not using a platform? What is he doing? He uses a ring of steps. He he loves a ring of steps. He hates the thought of, of standing off the tree a little bit. But um, for me personally, I like standing off the tree at a little bit of an angle because what that does is um you know i feel like that's a very natural angle to have up in the air it looks like just a branch hanging off it so, okay um you know it, it's really again to each their own i i'm very comfortable leaning back i mean um i could get away with not having knee pads but i choose to wear knee pads anyways now because when i'm working around the tree to make a shot or anytime that I see a deer, I like to just just sit down and like put my knee in the tree because I like to be really stable and get as close to that tree as possible. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, when I hunted with Anthony, and by the way, one one time, so like not not expert status, like you've not been doing this since two thousand eight. Um, but I hunted off of I, he just had a climbing stick, you know, double step. So that's what I had, and that's what I use, and you know, it, it was comfortable enough for like four hours. We were good. And I, I was, you know, shifting weight a lot and things like that. And I was like, oh, I want to put my knees on the tree, but that's painful. That's why I asked about the knee pads. Because after a while, that's what it felt to be the natural thing to do. So there were uh, a couple questions that just popped up here. Uh, Abe Knuth was asking if you're going to be doing any teaching and training at Vortex in July. Yeah, so we have what we call the Teach and Train Series. So that's where we travel around the country and, uh, you know, just get together with a bunch of like-minded saddle hunting people or people that are interested in saddle hunting or just if people want to come out and get free food, you're welcome to come. Um, but, you know, we call them the Teach and Train Tour. And we are having an event um, at Vortex on the 24th. So, yeah, and I'm going to be there. I'd love to, to meet you, Abe, and come on out and hang out. And um, 
I will tell you that I just saw the budget for giveaways at that event, and I'm pretty confident that everybody in attendance will be winning lots of expensive goodies from that's cool. and Tether. So that's lots of good stuff cool. there. Uh, yeah, Ben was asking if you ever hunt off of your sticks. So I I have. Um, uh, I'm laughing because uh, I have. I'm I'm like notoriously anal when it comes to my setup and how I have everything dialed in um, with all my gear and, and everything. And um, so I I was on a hunt last year with some guys from First Light and uh, a good friend of mine, Taylor Coleman from Capture Creative. And somehow oh, yeah. he ended up taking my platform at the end of the hunt because we had like crap everywhere, right? And it, it completely broke my uh, my normal routine protocol. And so the next morning we walk in the tree and he's like, "Hey, did you get my platform?" And I was like, "No." Like, what? You know? He's like, "Well, I have your platform." I'm like, "Yeah, well, I didn't bring yours. Like, I knew you had mine." And uh, so he ended up hunting off of like four lone wolf sticks that we had extra that we put around the tree that morning and hey that would be the camera guy <laughs> <laughs> so he, he had mine but uh yeah to answer your question yeah i have hunted from sticks i'm not a huge fan of it just because you know i like to have a lot of weight uh in my butt I, i'd say that my weight distribution is like 80 percent in my butt like i'm sitting down and then you know 20 percent in my feet um and i'm a heavy dude it just really starts to hurt my feet when you have that single pressure point uh, on your foot. And then once you start getting a little uncomfortable, you're just going to fidget and movement is the enemy. So um, it is not, right. Like that's uh, yeah. You want to be. So I, I say comfortable and I, people may assume like, Oh, Eric, you're just, you know, fat and happy or whatever. Comfort's good. Like I actually do want to be comfortable, man. There's a reason I wear Crocs everywhere. I want, I actually want to have some comfortability for sure. But I also want comfort because I don't want to be dicking around and moving around and shifting and doing stuff all the time. Cause that's going to be the moment I'm like, Oh, I just got to relieve this pressure on my left cheek. And then that's when, you know, Mr. Big Buck's going to come by the first time in my entire life and I'm going to fuck it up. So, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> so I find the, the key to saddle hunting and I think it's even more important than hunting from a stand is like, you got to keep your head on a swivel uh, is what I call it. So like, even when I'm playing on my phone or reading a book or doing whatever, I'll like kind of be doing that, but then I'll also pick my head up and scan around. And, and because, you know, the saddle is very versatile, but with that versatility allows that freedom of movement. And I find myself at least very, you know, easy to be sitting there kind of dangling around just ADDing out. And next thing you know, you got deer blowing, you're like, oh shit, you know, like I just totally screwed up this hunt because I was playing on my phone because I'm so comfortable and safe in the tree. And, Sounds like uh, we got to get you some OKS Hunter swag over there. Yeah. Yeah. Either that or some Ritalin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Well, I know. So it's 628, 730-ish your time. Uh, I think we had you for 15-ish minutes. You know, if you got any other words of wisdom you want to drop. You know, I think from a timing perspective, I didn't want to take too much of your time if, if you had to get no, going I really or not. I appreciate you having me on. And, uh, you know, sorry I can't hang out and chat longer because it looks like you're drinking some brown water there. That's that's the sound of my people. I uh, I, I like that very much. So I'm going to have to come back on and join you sometime. We'll get into a bottle and we'll start telling stories. But, Sounds good, man. Uh, yeah, if you're yeah, if you're yeah. in uh, if you're heading to Vortex in July, hit us up. We're 
we're right in between Madison and Milwaukee in Wisconsin. So we'd love to have you in studio. We're building a new studio. So I don't know if that one will be done by then. Probably not. Uh, but it's, it's a fun, it'd be a fun stop. We could drink some brown water together for sure. Well, I'm in anytime there's brown water, I'm in and we'll be, uh, yeah, we'll be at Vortex on the 24th and then we'll be in, um, somewhere near the twin cities on the 25th. So sweet. Well, I'll, have have the, I'll, I'll hit you up offline here and we'll see if we can, if we can coordinate anything. All right. Sounds good, man. We'd love to have you on. And thanks again for having, having me on. If anybody has uh, any questions or anything, just, you know, feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram. Uh, I respond to everybody. So what's your, what's the main handle? You got a couple things going on over there. Where should people, uh, yeah, you can hit me up directly at urban Bowman. Um, and then, you know, I put all this stuff on YouTube under Hunt urban. Uh, and I have a podcast with my empty chair over here is normally (laughs) filled with my co-host, uh, Billy, who, who's got more stories than I do, surprisingly. So somewhere between his stories and mine, there's the truth is somewhere in there. So love uh, it, man. Yeah. We, we'd love to have anybody hit us up. You got questions. Cool. Thanks for joining us, man. Have a great night, Taylor. Thanks for having me on, bud. Bye. Mr. Norwood. And uh, I'm going to bring on Greg here too, because he's out, he's out fishing like a son of a bitch. Uh, What you fishing for, man? Greg, you're muted. (laughs) Famous last words. And I didn't mute you. You're he's got shit cells. Can you can you hear us now, Greg? Can you hear us? No, we can't hear you. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna kick you off. All right, love you, buddy. No, yeah. All right, he's done for. <laughs> he's, he's what is just, he fishing for? Y'all walleye fishing now? I don't know what he's fishing for. I think he's just taking his. I thought he was just gonna take his boat out because he just got a whole bunch of new parts for it and he got it all fixed up. So he's trying to get it tested before the weekend. Because I'm assuming he's gonna go to like Michigan, which is like our miniature ocean, to do some. Yeah, based on his little pole that I see there, he's probably just fishing for panfish. 10-4. See, we call them bait fish down here. Y'all call them panfish. Yeah, you put them in a pan, man. That's how it works. But I guess you use them for bait for the bigger ones. How it works. And, dude, if you ever make me follow Taylor on a podcast, I mean, I don't know if you, like, know, that dude has literally killed more deer than EHD. Like, yeah. it, it's ridiculous. I've watched a lot of his videos. Um, he actually helped me a lot through those videos when I first got into saddle hunting about setups and stuff like that. So no shit. Well, there you go. I should have brought you on, uh, had some overlap there, but uh, he had a time crunch. So I wanted to keep things moving, uh, for no his sake. No worries. But you got the floor. I don't have anybody lined up after you unless the phone rings. And so far I got no callers in queue, uh, with the phone number there. So we'll, we'll chat. So like, what did you learn from him? Like what, what questions were you having early on? Because you've been at it for a little bit now. Yeah, I've been at it, you know, for a while when the, uh, the Manus first came out. I bought one when they first came out. And uh, so I've been in them since then. I don't know how long that is now. I think I've killed like five or six of the bucks that are on my wall um, off of a saddle. So um, I took to it really well. The thing that I really, you know, found kind of hard to manage was all the gear. You know, when you're, when you're saddle hunting, you have tons of gear that goes along with it. You got out of your pack, you know, all your ropes and things like that. It was, you know, making sure that, I got all that stuff up the tree, then in a place where it didn't get in my way when I was on top of the tree and that I could move around the tree. And then what accessories you actually need. Like, you know, somebody mentioned knee pads. I mean, you've got to have knee pads. I think 
you know, when you're talking you about like, you like those rollerblade knee pads you had when you were a kid, or what are you getting there? Like some tradesman knee pads when you're doing carpentry work on the floor? What what are you getting that, there that did not make noise? Because I'm a cheap ass. I went with the uh, I went with the carpentry ones, but a lot of guys are using like Amazon has like the paintball version of the Aztec ATYEX. You know, I speak really bad English. I don't even know how to say that, but uh, like the tactical knee pads, a lot of folks are running those. I think the biggest thing with the carpentry ones is if your knee pads too slick, it'll slide on the tree, especially a soft bark tree. Um, and I, I like the carpentry ones because they've got like a little, little bit of rubber on the front that kind of helps you from slipping. Cause a lot of times, you know, I think you're, there's two schools of saddle, saddle hunting. You've got your standers and your sitters. I'm a stander. I like to lean back in my saddle all the way and just kind of, you know, sit back and like lean back. And I'm not sitting yeah, there. He's a sitter. He said all that weight's in his ass, which is exactly like, that's, that's what, how else do you say it, you know? And I suffer from having no ass at all. So <laughs> you know, us little guys, I have to I actually, I have to put suspenders on my saddle because of all my ropes. I went with, you know, you can run the gamut on what you want to do for getting up the tree, down the tree and everything. The biggest thing that I was, I was finding trouble with was getting down the tree quickly because I'm trying to get down, get out, get back to the house. The wife's not mad, things like that. So I went with a rappelling setup now. So now I just, I rappel out of the tree, have all my stuff down there and I'm out in 15 minutes tops, you know, once I get everything rolled up, but that's, you know, that's after doing everything else that goes along with it. But, uh, you know, I've got buddies, they're, they're sitters. They like to sit. They like to sit the entire time that they're there. So they don't ever, they don't ever, you know, lean back, you know, sometimes when they're shifting their weight, so on and so forth. But, um, and, but when a deer comes in, I do sit, I lean down into it, put my knee in the, in the tree and use the tree to block the, the deer's point of view. Cause I want that deer to not, that I think, you know, when you go from what's the difference between hunting a box stand, what's the difference between hunting on a lock on, what's the difference between hunting a climber with a lock on and a climber you're sticking out of that tree like a bear i mean you just you do not look like a limb and with a saddle i think if if the deer's coming in front of you you've got the tree to block you if the deer's coming from behind you you're silhouetted against the tree but if he's coming from the side and you're you're worried about getting skied which is is a big issue here especially when the leaves fall then you know when you're kind of leaned back or sitting there you look i'd say more like a limb um, you know, closest to they may get a little antsy, but they're not going to just blow run off from you. So I like that aspect of saddle hunting. That's probably that's probably one of the biggest you know drives for me to continue to do it because I hunt and me and you've talked about this. I hunt a lot of uh, private land, so I've got access to it. I could set up a hundred lock-ons and, and be happy with it, but I just don't like, especially when the leaves fall out of the trees. You're you're just even if you're twenty five feet up you're sticking off the end of that thing. And if, if they're coming from any side way, they can, they can see your ass. Yeah. You're, you're silhouetted, uh, which is also like a whole topic of like tree selection, <laughs> you know, like try to find a tree that's not going to silhouette you in an angle, but it sounds like with a saddle, that's less of a concern because you can use the tree to hide you because you can just move around. So what are you using for a platform? Are you using sticks, a platform branches? What do you got going on for that? So I use a platform. I think you, you have to have one because I started, uh, I think some people asked if they just use the sticks. I used the, you know, again, trying to do it cheap. I try to use the sticks and I had those wild edge, you know, the ones that you have to kind of bolt down and I put two of them up there. 
eventually, especially if you sit as long as I do, because I do all day sits and I'll sit for six hours in the morning, take a break and then go right back. Um, your feet get so beat down with that, like the center, like the middle of your foot will just be in agony by the end of that hunt, especially two days in, you know, weekend hunt. Uh, and especially if you're walking a good distance to get to your stand. So you have to have a platform. And I use the Tethers platform. I've used both the XL that he was talking about, um, which I like, the, the extra pound you don't feel. But uh, I've got just the regular, their, their regular platform. Love it. It's easy to cam down. Um, and, and then, you know, for, for private land, to kind of avoid one of the pitfalls of saddle hunting, because if anybody tells you that saddle hunting's faster, it's not. I mean, it's it's if you want to go fast up a tree, you get a climber. If you want to, you know, you have to kind of think through the way you're going up it, whether you're doing sticks. Now I've transitioned to using climbing spurs, so I spur that bad boy till he bucks and uh, get up to the top. You have, you have like one of those like uh, linesman shoe lineman shoes or what? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Climbing spurs, lineman boots. I've heard them call it a, a lot of different things. And, uh, you so know, you got to check. You pack a different pair of shoes in with you or what? So I wear my shoes in and I put my, I put my um, gaffs on my, on my pack. So before I was using sticks. So I would, uh, so I, 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 let me back up on there. I do two different things, two different versions of it. If uh, I know I can use, use tree gaffs like i've talked to the game wardens in an area they're okay with it whatever a federal game warden or a regular state game wardens here if they're okay with it i'm using those because it's fast and then i'm rappelling down so i'm not using them to come down which is where you can really mess up with uh, the, the lineman's boots but uh I, re I wear my regular boots in i get to the tree take my stuff out strap my strap my stuff uh my my gaffs on you know, hook up my tether and I'm up, you know, I start, I start moving and shaking up the tree. I like that a lot too, because I can move around limbs. You can't cut limbs on public land here. So you have to kind of move around them. And I use two lineman's belts for that. So I'll throw one lineman's belt, you know, around, then I have an extra that I'll swing around the limb and then I'm always attached to the tree when I'm going up. That's pretty smart. Did I wonder about that whole, like you hit a limb, you're on hook, which is something I've done that I'm not comfortable with. So no, no, you don't yeah. ever want to unhook because those that, that's another bad thing about the 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 pole uh the pole gaffs is when you're going up they they're prone to slip out, especially at three o'clock in the morning on a nice little icy day down here in South Arkansas. So um I've hit my head on the tree quite a few times. <laughs> but uh you know, and then I do I, I one stick it um beyond that again because I'm repelling down. I don't you know, one of the things that took so much time coming down was taking each stick off individually so now i take one stick i set it up as high as i can i've got an aider i stick my foot in there i get up to the first stick i, I hook up my tether go over to the side of the tree then i move my stick up and i can usually get about four moves till i'm at 20 feet and then i set up my i set up my platform with my stick right beside my platform so then i've got a little bit of extra room to move around the tree so I've got, you know, the stick here, you know, stick here, I'm backwards on this camera, and then my platform here. So I can move almost, you know, 180 degrees around the tree to get a shot if I have to do an offhand shot or behind me or so on and so forth. So you got your stick as your backup that you can step to. Absolutely. If you need to, and but it's your primary spot. Super light. Uh, I mean, I think most people that are drawn to saddle hunting are drawn to saddle hunting because of it's, it's so mobile. 
Um, and like you said, you know, a turtle with a, you know, those climbing stands, I can't tell you how many times I'd step over a log, the back of it would catch and I'd fall or something of that nature. And then you have a pack on top of your, your, you know, your, your uh, climber. And it's just this big weight on your back. And, and again, I'm 170 pounds soaking wet with all my clothes on. So, you know, it gets rough, especially if you're hunting any mountains because, you know, Arkansas, I hunt mountains early season. I moved down south and into the river bottoms in late season. So, um, it, you know, some of the big misconceptions is, like I said before, the, the, the time up the tree. So you got time to the tree. So saddle hunting is going to cut down your time to the tree. You're going to get there faster because you're lighter. Uh, up the tree, it's about the same amount of time. Um, you can choose different trees. I think you, you you can be a little bit more versatile. Here, you know, you're either on a pine tree or you're on an oak tree. I mean, you know, of course, I bet that it's about everywhere. But, you know, for the first 15, 20 feet, you don't have a limb. But after 20 feet, you're going to have a couple, of, maybe a big limb, a few small ones, so on and so forth. So getting around those, you got to think about that. And that's I think that's harder with a lock-on. Uh, worrying about limbs and you having to get it level and everything. Um, and then down the tree, if, you, if you're using four steps, it takes just as long to get down the tree with a lock on as it does with a, with a, with a saddle. Um, but then you got comfort. I think that a saddle is way more comfortable than a lock on. And I but found you myself. Stand, you just you kind of just stand up and lean back or you, you sit like with a stand, you can stand or, or sit, but that sitting position is, you're not like, chilling <laughs> you know which way like on, on the lock on you're not chilling or on yeah, the, so uh, I think, yeah you call lock on a you call so i call them a hang on you call it a lock on i think we're talking about the same thing but you right. know, you're, right. you're pretty like you know 90 against the back of the tree and, and you can maybe adjust a little bit so if the tree's got some lean one or the other a lot of these newer stands are adjustable that way so you yeah. can get a better angle there but um man yeah it's sitting and standing on those you, you kind of put your back up against the tree and, and hang out there but with the tether you're you're leaning more well, exactly. And you can sit. I mean, if you get you get tired, you can sit a little bit. You know, you can stand up on your platform, stand straight up vertical and take all the weight off your hips, put it all on your feet and stand that way. And it's less movement. So you're thinking about going from like this where you're leaning back to standing straight up like this. So that's just that much movement. And then sitting, you're just doing this right here. And then you got the tree in front of you. You know, so movement's the, the big deal that we're trying to avoid here. Um, cause a, you know, a good deer will pick you out with that little movement. They always come in when you're moving. Um, but when I'm at, when I'm in a lock on, you know, you're, you're pressing down, standing all the way up, coming back down. You know, it just, to me, yeah, it's a little a bit, more than that. I mean, I hadn't done the math to say which one's more or less, but I feel more comfortable in a lock on. I mean, in a, 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 a saddle, um, I can and adjustability like the other two guys that said that's a, that's a big deal i went from the manis to the phantom because of that because i can adjust my bridge i can you know it's got a little a uh, few more creature comforts on it's what i like and uh and you can you can kind of get it to where it's just like you're you're floating like you're, you're in a swing back in back in recess in grade school you're just there and uh and i do i i, I kind of rock back and forth sometimes you know if the wind's blowing i'm just kind of lull myself around there especially if the deer aren't moving but uh i like that i like the i like the range of motion you can get out of a saddle versus a lock on and I then do. go ahead no i was just gonna say like the biggest thing so i'm getting all like takeaways from each of you so far and and my takeaway from what you're talking about so far is like having two spots on the tree that you can shoot from with a hang on you're, you're not 
you're not getting out as much. It's gonna be really hard to turn yourself around that tree from that one position, depending on why the tree is versus having, you know, you, you using your stick that if you need to swing around the other side, you can, that's yeah. not that's literally something you cannot really do with a hang on unless you bring an additional hang on. And I'm a hardcore bow hunter. I, I rarely pick up the rifle. So that was the, that was another big thing for me is I had to be able to shoot 360. I can't tell you how many times I had to take that weird offhand shot where you're shooting. I'm, I'm right-handed. So I'm shooting to my right on a climber and I have to literally get up, turn around the tree, get it over the stand, pull back. Whereas now I can literally just put my knee in the tree, lean back, let her fly. And, uh, and, th and that's a big deal for me. And it, it takes some practice. You got to think about how long your, the length is from your bridge to your tether. You got to think about all these, the little details to it, but you'll, you'll get that as you play with it long enough. Like I think somebody said, you'll never learn just sitting in an hour in your backyard and you won't, you got to shoot from it. Um, you got to kill deer from it. I mean, that, that was the biggest thing for me. It was just being able to get on deer while I was in the saddle and learn how to kind of, and I drew back those, that first year, I drew back on every raccoon, every, every, everything that, that came through just to practice, you know, practice different shot selections and, and whether I could do it or not. I, I have messed up. Um, if, if, you know, and this is my, my biggest advice on it. If you think your platform is unlevel, adjust it, just climb down, adjust it. Because this year I let a, a pretty decent uh, little city deer walk. I didn't let him walk. I, I certainly would have shot him. But I was I was set up on the side of a like a hill, and it would I would call it a mountain, but most people that mountain hunt would call it a hill. But uh, the way that I was sitting, my platform was just cantered just enough that when I tried to draw my bow the other way, I fell forward. I just I, I, my I couldn't lean back enough on my tether, and that deer ended up getting away from me because of that. So you know that all those little things matter when you're saddle hunting, you got to make sure that, you know, when you get up there, you know, pull your bow back from all different angles and then say, okay, I'm, I'm good to go. And that's, I, I get to the sand, you know, I get to the tree an hour before daylight. And if I get there in the afternoon, I get there super early. That way I can do all this crap, you know, um, piddle around with it a little bit, make sure that I'm set up for success because the worst thing is having the deer that you want to kill come in and then something that you could have done in your setup cost you that because then you're just, you're just going to nitpick yourself for the rest of the year. What about like, so that, that's a good point. Cause I think that sounds like, uh, you know, I missed a deer last year and everyone knows about it. That's listening to the show. Cause I don't shut up about it, but I still don't, I still don't actually know what the hell I did wrong. I've been analyzing it long enough and I, I really don't know what the problem was, but one might think it was, I didn't, you know, adjust at the hip. I just kind of adjusted maybe my anchor point. So then like hard for me to know exactly what went wrong uh, as far as how that goes. But then I was like, okay, well, I'm climbing up my freaking trees in the backyard for a couple of days and I'm slinging arrows to figure out what the hell I did wrong. And then to get, to get it ironed out with a saddle, because you're kind of standing up straight, is that as much of a factor then? I, I would say it, it's not. I, I find it really easy to find my natural anchor point uh, most for most all of my shots. Um, there's always going to be the case where you got to kind of lean or you have to adjust, you know, if you have to adjust your tether down a little bit, I think I was watching the hunt in public and, uh, Greg, he had to lengthen his tether out to shoot at a, a buck in Nebraska. And I've had to do that before where I had to get a little bit of extra range because they were out a little bit further. But, uh, and, and I hate to plug 
you know, a product here and it's not my product, but that Bomar nose button has changed my anchor point, you know, cause before I always wear a face mask. So I've got a face mask over here and I've got this big old nose, man. So it's, it's great to just be able to put that thing right on the edge of my nose. And I know every time I'm in, I've got a consistent anchor point because that was always a big issue for me, man. Uh, especially on, climbers and, and stuff like that is that uh I, I wouldn't get in a consistent anchor point and i was hitting either a little high a little low I, and, and when i'm on the ground you know i'm lights out and it's just like you know what's happening here so when you had that that little adjustment that you did on your anchor point could have cost you inches and it's a game of inches oh it certainly was man it went right over right over his back and i was like, what? like everything was dialed nothing. in the range everything was good man and and so who knows? I'm assuming that's what had happened because nothing else makes any damn sense. Because um, I'm I'm on the money, but yeah, yeah. But hey, I've, missed, I've missed I've missed a deer. I guess what two years ago, probably not when I should have been shooting at. But hey, you know I was I was bored. Um, and uh, well, I and they, your line a long time ago. Whatever gets your piss hot. Yeah, there you go. They taste good. Um, uh, <laughs> the deer was right under me. And I've taken that shot a number of times, and I, I know you got to aim a little bit lower than usual. That's, I guess, that's my biggest, uh, I guess, kryptonite. Really, is I like to aim right where I want to hit the deer. So if I have to aim low because the deer is right under me, I feel like that's where I'm going to hit. So I, I did. I aim right for behind the shoulder and ended up shooting like right beside the deer, and just I was like, well, I'm stupid. I know better than this. Um, well, you do know better. No, I'm just kidding. Dude, we got another caller hanging out. I'm going to bring him on with us, if that's cool. Yeah. It's Levi Carey. He's out of uh, Wyoming, good buddy of ours. He runs the uh, Pulling Feathers podcast. Levi, you're live on the phone call. Thanks for bringing the, the hotline there. Can you hear us okay? Yeah, I got you guys just fine. Um, for some reason, my phone wouldn't support the, the restream, so sorry you guys didn't get a look at my ugly mug. What the hell are you using, man? What, what kind of phone? You got a BlackBerry or something out there in freaking Wyoming? Old BlackBerry. I got a regular old iPhone, what? like a, a decent iPhone. I don't know what the heck, man. But You, you just got to say yes to all that bullshit. It tells you. That's all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, you don't hunt out of a saddle at all. You're just hunting ridgetops, you know killing well, big, big I game out of the saddle but it's it's a horse saddle oh there so we go that's what i'm doing i'm happening to strap my bow on my backpack ride my horse up ridges do all sorts of stuff and then we spot our game and it fail off the horses and fail off the saddle you know and head that way so, so you're not doing the old school like uh you know you know native american shooting buffalo off the horseback kind of scenario Yo, Jeremiah Johnson. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not that good. <laughs> What's that movie with Kevin Costner that I can't think of the damn name of? Dances with Wolves. Wolves. What's it called again? Dances with Wolves. Dances with Wolves. Dances. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Won Academy Award for best movie ever made. Classic. And then Avatar stole the idea, oh, man, right? It is. Sons of bitches. Yep. So. Yeah, we're getting ready for uh, getting ready to see what I draw for elk and deer and stuff over here in Wyoming. So uh, those draw results come out uh, June seventeenth. Are they going to open that up to outside folks like us here in Wisconsin and Arkansas, or what? Do you know what's going on with that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know what the when the non-resident draw results come out, um, but I mean, you guys are always kind of welcome but the way that everything is you almost have to build up points even to get an over-the-counter tag 
that's what I was thinking about that that way. So yeah, you got to just keep plugging away. I hear that for everything, and I'm, I just keep not doing anything. I I'm, should be ashamed of myself of myself. Actually, I just I have all these wants and desires, so I can't just show up anywhere. I'm pretty uh, last minute with my approach to things. So on y'all's uh, y'all's outdraw, I'm so sorry for interrupting, but uh, on y'all's outdraw, so you put in, do you, do you do it through your, your licensing app or whatever? Because I, I just did it here in Arkansas. I've done it every year. We pay $5 and then um, they have the, like, the homecoming queen pull names out of a hat and, and nobody in Arkansas ever gets picked for our help here. But, uh, uh, th- I mean, is that how they do it there for residents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Resident, you you pick your area um, is what we call them instead of units. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know why we're weird, um, but yeah, you, you pick out your area, um, put in for it your type of tag. So like a type one is like any elk rifle. Like the and then the area that I'm putting in for is a type nine. So it's an it's an any elk archery only. And so with that coming out, like you sit and wait after it being on the, the game and fish's website for, you know, 17 days or whatever, today's the actual cutoff day to be putting in. Um, and then you just wait and wait for them to magically say yes or magically say no. And and that's all you're, you're sitting there doing, you know, but we do have over the counter areas that we're allowed to go and buy our elk tags at and stuff like that. Just, you know, uh, your quality of animal isn't there. And, you know, my little honey hole, it, it's it's not a general or over-the-counter area either. So that's why I'm putting in. That's neat. Just don't take any more horses yeah, off the side so. of the mountain. Yeah, that's a that's uh, a deal. See, that little, that little spot is is actually an over-the-counter area mm-hmm. uh, that, that Kyle's hunting and J.E.'s hunting. And stuff. Uh, I might help them out a little bit if I get my elk and I get my wolf. Then I'll go out and help those guys get their elk. That sounds like fun, man. You live a different life over there. I just, you know, I gotta meet all you fuckers. I don't know what we're all gonna do to centralize all of us under one like event, but th- I feel like there needs to be something. Like I just gotta get together with all oh, you yeah. guys. And and as Taylor said, drink some brown water. I think that's a good idea. We should just call it the brown water event. We don't gotta bring bows. Just fucking drink and have fun. Oh yeah, I, I'm down. Uh, I don't know if you saw my shotgun too, but I might have to bring that down for everybody to look at. I did see that. Crazy and wild. That was impressive. Yeah. I think I would like one if it was high life or bush light <laughs> better than Coors, but I I don't mind it. I think it was pretty cool. Oh, Coors is the way to go. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what I'm drinking right now. Is some Coors Yellow Bellies, man. That's what I had my entire shotgun seracoated like a Coors Yellow Belly can. The so, bank would be. Yeah, we call them banquets down here in South Arkansas. What do you call them, Jared? We call them banquets. Banquets? Curs, curs heavy. Do you think we could all rally together, get drop time to like you know put on an event with us and for us? Like, hey, we'll just make sure you guys are all you know good to go there. There we go. As long as it's not tequila, because that stuff makes you want to punch babies, man. So uh, I'm down for for whiskey. As long as it doesn't make your clothes fall off. I've seen that video before too. So the whole Speedo thing yeah, you're rocking with that duck way. hunting stuff. <laughs> no, this is yeah, good. You saw that video. Huh? Yeah, it's pretty awkward. Yeah, we got to bring that one up. I might have blushed a little bit. <laughs> you got to bring that one up. You know, I've watched every damn Disney movie about a thousand times. And there's this freaking scene in like Toy Story 2 where he, 
He's like, oh, yeah, you know, Woody did this and this and this and that for us. And you know, Buzz is giving this big speech. And he's like, oh, you got to bring that up. When we threw him off the truck, you got to bring that up, Eric, when, he, when I wore the yeah. Speedo. You're damn right. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, my claim to infamy, I guess. <laughs> Throw that up on the old TikTok, see how that goes. Oh man! Next time yeah, you do like one of those laundry you things, you just keep putting it on yourself until it like converts over, and boom, you're there. Now you're in a speedo. <laughs> it wasn't no speedo; it was man thong. But yeah, you get the picture either way. <laughs> oh man thong! Like <laughs> yep. We always had to get weird on the show. We didn't do it in the beginning, so we're bringing it up on the back end of the on the caboose of the show. After I've had a couple of yeah. these. Yeah, you're down in Arkansas, aren't you? Oh yeah. Um. Your guess, yeah. I, so you're all you've heard all about waterfowl hunting and all that stuff. Uh, I the video we're talking about was on Dive Bomb Industries uh, page, and they did a calling contest, and I knew I didn't have a chance, so I got in a man song and did a goose call routine. Awesome. There's a lot of thrusting. See, that's great. You know, <laughs> you, you went the other way. You went for the pageantry of it. I would, I would duck hunt with yeah. a man wearing. Yeah. I'd do that. Yeah, but there's a man that's comfortable, comfortable in his abilities to call a duck. No offense, Leva, but he looks like he drinks Coors. It looks like you drink Michaela Ultra, whatever the hell that shit is, Jared. You're pretty chiseled yeah, in there. Man, I do, uh, I do the Coors a lot, but I, I, man, I'm a Wild Turkey 101 guy. I drink it on my birthday, Jesus's birthday, America's birthday. So yeah, I'm, I'm big, I'm big whiskey girl. I like it. That that's that's what you got to drink after you kill a turkey too. That's what I always try and have in a flask and stuff. You know, for some some wild turkey for when I kill my turkey. So you can't paint a turkey in the state of Arkansas hardly anymore. We've lost about three quarters of our population over the last ten years. It's uh you know the whole of the the state's pretty much a briar thicket. We've lost a lot of habitat, and there's a lot of schools of thought on why our turkey population is doing what it's doing. But it's it's hard hunting down here. I I chase them around all season. Didn't uh didn't get a shot off on one. I called one in for somebody, but I, I'm actually I booked my first uh, Nebraska trip to uh to hunt what my buddy calls the dumbest turkeys he's ever seen. So hey, that's the kind I had to start with. I got to really build, build that confidence out of the gate. That's I've not exactly, exactly. I'm like I'll hunt a dumb turkey all day. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's, you know that's... they they can be those Merriams can be really stupid, but they can be really smart at the same time. I will say. That. I haven't ever chased an Eastern, but they, they sure had me fooled this year, man. I had, I had a, a buddy that came down from South Carolina that, um, I mean, he's, he's a tur- turkey connoisseur, man. He knows what he's doing. They pulled us both. It wasn't just me. So I, I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> man, it's, you know, it, it's just like an old mature buck. You know, I, I've hunted, I've hunted tons of five, six and a half year old deer that I never saw in some Jack O'Houlihan shot, shot him with a 12 gauge and a ground blind in the middle of a field, you know, that he just put up smoking a cigarette, you know, cause he was chasing a doe, you know, it just, it's all about timing. Really. I'd, I'd rather be lucky than good any day. But, uh, yeah, the yeah. Eastern's a whole, whole different breed, man. They, uh, they don't like too much calling. They want you just calling enough. You can't be too formal with them. You can't be like a whole turkey. You gotta be just like a nice up and coming hen, you know, I don't know. They're just they're 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 hard to woo into a to a shotgun. Dude, we had we had someone on uh, from we found him on TikTok, 
And uh, his name, I'm just drawing a blank right now because it's just been a hot minute. I'm looking back at my TikTok. Hat. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, Whitley's Whitetails. So it was Chris Whitley, and he's on TikTok. Dude, he puts out so much like quick hit tutorial type content. I mean, the guy is just a, a practical content producing machine. I mean, I put out content, but my shit's not practical. It's like philosophy. Can't dog. Falafel. But yeah, check out Chris Whitley, dude. He did some turkey calling on that episode with us. And it was like, holy shit. So he's a competitive caller, which I didn't even know was like a thing. Oh yeah. And, and dude, he like he like created an audible scene for us by doing some turkey calls. He even brought like a wing and like flapped it down. I was like, what? It was pretty cool, man, honestly. So I'm like, yeah, if I'm gonna turkey call, I'm gonna have to like put one of those calls in my mouth at one of these points in life and try to figure out how that all works. Yeah, that's I'm going the guy I'm going with in Nebraska can literally just talk turkey. I mean, the the guy's he's forgotten more than I could ever know about uh calling turkeys. And uh I mean it's just he knows situational awareness, I think's a big deal. I want to hear a turkey gobble, but he doesn't want to hear a turkey gobble. He yeah. wants it to gobble one time. And then he sets up on it, and then he he calls very little, and he'll kill him nine times out of ten. Me, I'm just like, how many times can I get that bird to gobble? Because I'm excited every time it gobbles. <laughs> yeah, he talked about that, dude. You should actually go back and listen to that episode. It was pretty dope. He talked about that whole exact scenario. He's like, that is a bad thing. You don't want that to happen because then yeah. you get in a conversation with them, but that's not. Then they're not going to come. You got to play hard to get. So yeah, see, I'm not a hard to get kind of guy. I'm, yeah, uh, I, I'm more of a you know got 2 a.m. drunk at a bar kind of guy, you know, like, Hey, I'm coming. Yeah. It didn't take long for you. <laughs> oh, you want to, I bought you a drink or right, here we go. This is it. All right. So let's get married. I was always the guy that if it was that easy, I was like, something's wrong with it. If it's that easy, I'm going to move on. I need, I need more of a challenge just for the sake of the fact that I think if you're that easy for everybody else, it's a problem. We got, you got some issues down there. I'm not going to touch oh, on I was completely different school of thought. I thought I was so special that she broke her standards for me. <laughs> so same scenario different outcome we would have fun turkey hunting <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh that's funny man oh man good shit but, uh, I don't want to get more animals out of it out of a saddle i grew up on a horse farm and uh i've shot at deer out of, off of a, a horse but uh like my dad said every time somebody come to buy a horse you can shoot off any horse on our place as long as you're off that horse you can shoot all you want but uh, horse i like yeah. that yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I, and it's funny. I watched Jeremiah Johnson the other day, and I hadn't watched it forever. My wife's out of town. I was like, ah, oh, I need him. Classic, classic movie. But the funniest line the whole whole thing was like, "You think this elk's gonna see us?" He's like, "Elk don't know how many legs a horse has. Don't know how many feet a horse has." <laughs> <laughs> oh, get him, Pilgrim. Yeah, best movie ever. I love that movie, man. Are elk scared of horse? Do they, do they know that it means human? Deer aren't as scared of them, I, I'm sure. No, they're not. At least any horseback riding trail ever done, you know, for like leisure stuff, we've, we've freaking trotted up on deer and they don't give a shit. We've got that cat. I mean, as long as you're not, as long as you're not up on top of the horse, most of the time you can get pretty close. Like, yeah, you know, it's like Jeremiah Johnson. I've done that. I, my first elk, that's how I killed her. You know, we did the whole elk don't know how many feet a horse has, you know, kind of thing and walked pretty close to where we could and, and they're starting to get antsy. And then that's where all hell broke loose and 
I shot a whole box of shells at a stinking cow, but I ended up hitting her. But um, couldn't eat them either. Yeah, too much freaking, too did. much lead in it. Yeah. <laughs> have, have y'all seen that guy in Arkansas? Uh, like this, you know, named, uh, Nukem, I think's his name, but he hunts he hunts deer off of a mule. And then he, uh, he he does mule hunts for bear. Like he mule mules up the mountain, does that whole thing. I was watching some of his stuff the other day. I was like, that's what I got to do. I got to give me a mule, start going up the mountain. Might as well hire yeah. a Sherpa while you're at it too. Well, I'm, uh, my, my door is always open. I don't have mules. I got horses. So you'll have a little bit better time getting along with them. They're just not as sure-footed. So <laughs> uh, come on up, man. We run fox trotters is what we run. Oh, what is that? That's a fox trotter. It's a type of horse. It's a gated horse. We run Tennessee walkers and fox trotters. So when they walk, they're a little bit smoother to ride. Well, kind of like this. On gated horses. Yeah, they don't. They're they're a little smoother traveling. Really? Yeah, a quarter horse will beat you to death, but they're fast. Uh, Tennessee walker, your Missouri fox trotters, stuff like that. You can like trail riders and stuff like that. What we used to do. You know, my horse was a – it was a Missouri Fox Trotter, and uh, he uh, he was very smooth gait. You know, he just – you could ride him for days. Um, but I had a I had a thoroughbred for a little while that we repossessed from Oakland. Some guy owed my dad money. That's a whole another funny story if you've ever been chased by a bunch of jockeys at Oakland. But uh, it, it was the worst, worst horse uh, I've ever for that. Now, he could run like a scalded eight, but uh, – he, uh, he wasn't much to ride on a long trail. Dude, I, I yeah. never – like the yeah, shit you, you can learn in a day from doing this kind of stuff. Just had no – Oh, yeah. Now you got to – you can start breeding horses now, man. Oh, there we have it. Yeah, that'll be my new calling. Don't give me any other fucking ideas, man. Exactly. You have a whole business around uh, where to horse. Nope. Well, my wife might actually like that idea, so maybe we should keep this one under wraps. <laughs> so fucking big. I don't like you know, those ideas. Uh, I've, I've always said those horse gals, they're, they're always another caliber. We'll keep it that way. Um, I'll keep it a little bit more PG. Um, you know, when, when I was running around college, uh, I always liked creeping around the rodeo girls and stuff, but they, they weren't the wife material that I was looking for. We'll say that. So I wonder if they have anything in common with women Marines. I heard some things about them too. So see, I'll yeah. say, I'll second that. Yeah, it's a warning sign. You just got to watch out. That's with anything. I uh, I played college football, but I didn't hang out with any of the football players. I hung out with the rodeo team because they threw better parties and drank more. But, uh, yeah, it was a different class of lady. Different class of lady. My claim to fame that always uh, scored big on the line was, hey, girl, I can ride anything with hair. What are you doing tonight? <laughs> Shut the hell up. <laughs> She's like, you want to come see my horse? You're like, ah, oh, fuck, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Dude, said what are your horses names by the way because the horses have got some of the weirdest fucking names i've ever heard um so we've got oreo we've got pickle we've got diego um we've got bullet uh toby toby um, and then one without any name yeah so you got a no-namer yeah, you just call him no-name kind of horse it's my uncle's horse so he's got him named, but I just haven't heard it yet. And we've had him for about a year. You haven't heard <laughs> it and you've had it for a year. Dude, seriously, like horses, their names match their personalities so damn well. 
So for my anniversary last year, uh-huh. we went horseback riding in like Kettle Moraine trails here in Wisconsin. Really pretty, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, this woman, we get there and she's like, oh, hell, you know, so-and-so got out again. And then she bit one of the other horses, that crazy ass bitch horse. I was like, holy shit, what's going on right now? A lot of drama in the stables, right? Before we even get there. Sure shit, that bitch horse, the name she had said, that's the horse my wife got. Oh, you're going to ride so-and-so. My wife's like, what? What's happening? <laughs> that's the one that you were just talking shit about. The crazy one. <laughs> holy hell. Well, it's like Karen. Karen fell off the mountain. You know, she was crazy. Holy crap. No <laughs> doubt. Story. That, I mean, I thought we were joking earlier. You, you truly. Oh, there's, we we got a memorable hunt on that story. You should, you gotta, you gotta go back in the archive. That one up. It's pretty good. My horse's name was Trash. Yeah. Trash. Yep. He hated trash. Like trash on the side of the road, trash, any kind of litter. He would, yeah. I mean, every time, I, I'll never forget, we were at the uh, chuck wagon race. National chuck wagon races are here in uh, Arkansas and, uh, at the Of Ranch. And we were up there, and I was about three shits, no, three sheets to the wind, three shits. Anyway, um, I'm riding up this mountain on my horse, and it's bags, like, floating down, you know, the mountain. And uh, I'm like, oh, shit, you know. So I'm straightening up, you know, get my feet in the stirrups real good, hold on to my beer. You know, I'm sitting there, and I mean, that bag hit him, and it was a rodeo all the way up that mountain. He bucked me off the top. I rolled all the way down to the bottom, and he walked down there and just kind of, like, nudged me a little bit, like, hey, man, I'm sorry. So we called him Trash ever since then. Oh, my gosh. I think his name was Socks or something. We we all were, you know, hey, his name was Trash. Another Toy Story reference. Pickle, he, he's real spooky like that, Pickle is. And he, you'll start seeing him, you know, put his head down at something, snorting, and his ears are pinned forward. We always call him Boogeyman or Sabertooth Tigers. You know, some stump looks funny to him, and he'll yeah. just start doing that. And we're like, don't worry. It's not a Boogeyman. It's not a Sabertooth Tiger. It's not going to get you. But, you know, you can feel him getting ready to do that. So, you know, you get, you know, you get just your toes in the stirrups, and you get ready for that blow up. But, you know, other than that, Pickle's bulletproof. But... <laughs> He's a good horse. Now, do you have any horses that chase animals? Like my, so my thoroughbred hated deer. Like he hated them with a passion. So like if we went, if I, if I crested into a field and there's a field full of deer, I can't tell you how many times I chased does around a field on that horse. And I mean, I, I just gave him his head and that's all he wanted to do was just chase does around pasture. I've chased quite a few grizzly bears on Oreo, on our horse Oreo. I, I, I ran down a bunch of grizzly bears doing that. Um, not exactly always the smartest thing, but as long as you get a good long run at them before you get to them, they, they usually get a little freaked out. Um, I've only had one spin around on me and that, that got real hairy real quick. Um, nothing bad. I held on, but you do leave out. You have telling these stories on the podcast. My wife's never gonna let me come out to Wyoming. Quit talking about fucking you bears just, and horse fall off mountains. Me. You just say you're going with somebody else. Yeah, you're it's the only me. guy I know in that entire state. I know one other person out there, uh, Dustin. D- Dustin, he was on the show uh, a while back. Uh, Dustin Rifkin, who also had some crazy ass uh-huh. stories. I'm like, this isn't going to go well for me out there. Like, there's going to be some shit that goes on down there. Well, it's Wyoming's probably a lot like Arkansas. You got to do some crazy ass shit just to have fun. I mean, like, there's just not. I mean, there's not a lot of. Oh yeah. A lot of open country and a lot of room to you know mess up you know we got cows and corn here and, and beer and like we just drink more than basically everybody because there's nothing to do even on the crazy spectrum so you gotta get real drunk for a good time here 
a, a good friend of mine moved here from California and he was always making posts about saying how I'm pretty much, I'm, I'm really sure that everybody in this state is just a functioning alcoholic. <laughs> and there's a lot of truth to that a lot of times. So. Well, that's good stuff. Guys, I think we've exhausted the saddle hunting topic. I'm gonna. You, I'm happy to shoot the shit with you guys. I'm gonna end the live broadcast and the recording, and uh, we'll call it a wrap on the podcast. But you know, for those that don't know, Levi's got a podcast, pulling feathers. Go check it out, Jared. I don't know what the hell you're up to these days, but you got Native South Instagram page. You're always doing crazy yeah. shit. I'm just selling money, man. I'm a. Uh, I camouflage my professional hunting career as a banker, but uh, yeah, man. I just like to get on here and talk about hunting. More people we can get into hunting you know with the numbers going down uh, we're kind of like the turkey population here we've got to get the uh, safety in numbers there so uh, love talking about it getting more people involved in it and uh eric you got to get a saddle man i mean uh, if nothing else it's a it's another tool in your tool belt man be like batman um so i i think i mean i just got to figure out exactly which one to get I, i'm looking at two so i gotta maybe i'll get both i, I don't know we'll see what happens but uh yeah, I'm going to end the live broadcast. So for those that tuned in and are watching on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and Twitter, wherever the heck you are, thanks for jumping in with us. We're going to end this and uh, we produce the same night we record. And we just switched to a new platform. So we're not on Anchor anymore. We're on Megaphone, but it's also owned by Spotify. So it's basically the same thing. It's just a more commercial, great platform. And we're hanging out with the the boys uh, and fellas and, and gals and folks at Waypoint. We're now associated with those folks, Waypoint TV. So you're going to hear some more ads coming from the show uh, through that whole platform. And we're just going to continue to evolve. So we appreciate everyone's support. Thanks for the reviews that came through, by the way, too. That was a good shit. So have a good night, everybody. Well, that was a you know really fun episode. I think you know, uh, it was a little sad that Greg wasn't here with us tonight. And he did give it a good college try from his boat which i know he spent a lot of time money and energy uh getting fixed up so um he gave he gave it a whirl and i think the lake that he was on had pretty poor cell reception and then when he finally did get through the audio wasn't coming in so you know is what it is but we got to hear from some pretty cool folks tonight some some good friends and some new ones too so you know not only were the comments flowing in with good commentary and questions about saddle hunting um we got to talk with Anthony Heller with Deervan. So by the way, as you're listening, there's there's no tip of the week this week because he took time to join us on the show tonight. Uh, and then uh, Taylor Chamberlain called in. So that was pretty cool to hear from him. He's been hunting out of saddle since 2008, killed you know, a ton of deer out of a saddle. Um, pretty revered hunter, respected hunter. He's got a good podcast too. So um, check that out. And then also, and and then also Jared Norwood, a good buddy of ours from Arkansas, called in and then followed by another friend of ours, Levi Carey with Pulling Feathers podcast. So all around, uh, just a good, good conversation, uh, informative, a lot of different perspectives about one topic, which is pretty cool. And, you know, I think you just got to try something on. So I'm, I'm going to make a decision here in the next, as Anthony said, I got to do it in like a week or so. Um, but it's a, it's really a toss up. Uh, between two different saddles that I'm looking at. So it was good to hear what everyone had to say. And hopefully whatever it is that I pick is the right one out of the out of the shoot so I don't have to like send it back or anything like that. Um, you know, we'll see how the season goes. I'm looking forward to it. It's exciting stuff. I think there's a ton of value, a lot of benefits, some benefits that I care about personally. Like I said, safety, comfort, mobility. You know, I think that term gets thrown a lot, around a lot. I would liken it to I don't want a turtle on my back. So 
Um, you know, if I could have it my way, I probably would run the Lone Wolf uh, custom gear setup because it's a system. I like that. It's compact. It's light. It goes together. If you've seen my videos on trying to stack climbing sticks, it doesn't go well for me ever and tearing down tree stands. It's always just like, you know, Murphy's Law, whatever can go wrong does go wrong for me. I make everything harder. My um, mother's maiden name is Brokowski, so ski. I'm pretty Polish and I just tend to make things pretty difficult. So if I can get into a saddle, one that makes sense to me and it fits well, that's what I'm looking for. So again, appreciate any uh, additional feedback. If anyone wants to send us messages or what have you, um, you know, that means a ton to us. So again, if you love the show, even if you don't like the show, hopefully you don't, don't, hopefully you don't not like it. Uh, leave us a review and a rating and uh, we look forward to hearing from everybody. We have coming up on the show, sorry for all the sniffles, my allergies are, are pretty terrible. Um, we have next week, we're talking with Bow Hunting League. Um, so that, that'll be a cool one. And then Clay Thurman's joining us on that too. So we'll actually have two guests on. Uh, and then following up beyond that, to get my truck service, it looks like, because I look at my calendar. Uh, and then the 15th, we're talking with Andy May, uh, AKA the deer hunting dad. Um, so that's going to be a, another, again, these are like, you know, if you haven't noticed yet listening to the show, we're a bit of a generalist show. So we talk product. Uh, we talk gear sometimes. Greg's more the gearhead for sure, but I like talking to some of the companies that exist in the space to learn from them firsthand. I think that's always a really neat perspective. We also talk to, you know, people that we don't even know who the heck they are. We're just talking about, well, we talked with uh, Chris Whitley, who we found on TikTok, you know. Uh, we have another guest that we're booking from TikTok thing too, where he's a local guy and a public land hunter, and he's killed plenty of deer, has a ton of fun doing it, and I don't, I don't, I've never seen him stuff, his stuff around. He hasn't published articles, or he's not, like, known um, so again, we talk to all sorts of different people. We really do want this to be a two-way conversation. So the more we can do calls or you're calling in as a listener or commenting and things like that, we want to push that as hard as we can. So if you want to share the podcast with someone that you think would be a good fit for even just a call in, not even, they don't have to be a full blown guest. We can do that too, but, um, we're always open to talk to all sorts of people that just love being outside and having a good time out there. So that's our sniffles. <clears throat> I think all I got for everybody for the for the night. Um, heads up, we did switch to Waypoint, so I think as that gets rolled out, there'll probably be a couple more ads that you're going to hear in the beginning of the show, one in the middle, and then a couple at the end if you stay that long. So if you notice that, that's what's going on there. Um, which is, is It's exciting. We got, uh, got in touch with Waypoint Outdoors TV, and they have a podcast challenge, some other things going on. Uh, hit off with some of the folks over there like those guys quite a bit so excited to see how that's going to go um i don't know reviews did come through happy to see some new reviews coming through i have some stickers to send out for some folks that submitted reviews so i gotta get that done it'll be the new hunt public sticker if you've seen it it's on the website if you want to go check it out but uh yeah if you want to send us a message or anything i'm just ram i'm rambling this is why i need a guest or i'll just keep going so with that i'll let everyone go enjoy your day your week your night wherever you're listening to this on the treadmill on the car on the bike on the dog walk in the shower, that's weird. Wherever you're listening, in the bathroom when you're brushing your teeth. Um, all right, I'm public. Mm-hmm.